morning. Uh, my name is Paul Mumon. I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, we are wrapping up this series uh, called Losing Your Marbles today. And what we've done over the past few weeks is we've just kind of let this marble, uh, which I know might be difficult for some of you to see, uh, represent a week uh, in the life of a child. And uh, someone once said that there are approximately 936 weeks in a child's life from the time that they are born until the time they graduate from high school. And so that number 936 is an important number for us. It, uh, it, it represents in so many situations uh, the number of weeks uh, uh, that you have to influence your child uh, in really uh, great ways. That's 936 weeks of uh, a formative time to, to invest in our kids uh, and to use that time with them, that intentional time wisely. It's 936 weeks uh, to choose intentional words uh, with your kids. But unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, what we find for us is as the weeks pass, uh, the marbles decrease. The amount of time that we have with our kids uh, decreases. I mean, we lose one marble in our jar every single week with them. And so this is just a reminder uh, of how important it is to take that time, to be intentional uh, with that time that you have with your kids at home, which means that, uh, you know, whether you're intentional or not, you know, the time is going to pass. You know, one by one, the jars are going to be, re or the uh, marbles are going to uh, be removed from the jar as each week goes by. Uh, they'll decrease one by one. Now, some of you have young kids uh, right now, like a couple of the families that we had up here on stage uh, just a moment ago. And if you've got young kids, well, you've got a lot of marbles uh, in your jar right now. Uh, and so your time with them, well, you, you look ahead and you say, you know, I got a bunch of weeks so far. But uh, for others of you, uh, maybe you've got a middle school student or a high school student. And so uh, you know that, again, uh, that time that you have with them is very important. Uh, but like it or not, it's limited. Uh, some of you have kids that are all ready to go off to college or maybe have gone off to college or even started a new family, a new life of their own. And uh, again, it doesn't mean that you can't influence them or that you can't encourage them. But if you're in that stage of life, well, you just kind of know it's different. Uh, things are different uh, for you now. Well, over the past couple of weeks, again, we've talked about the quality time that we spend with our kids and uh, why that intentional time with them is so critical. Uh, last week, our Carmel campus pastor, Steve Wallen, was here and talked about the importance of encouraging words. Uh, today, I want to wrap up this series uh, by talking about the uh, love that we show our children and uh, why, uh, no matter how old or how young they are, uh, your unconditional love is and why your unconditional love uh, is so important to them. Uh, the way that you love your kids, all right, the way that you love uh, the children in your life or that special child that God has put uh, in your life can make all of the difference in how they view themselves and uh, how they view you and uh, your relationship with them. But most importantly, your unconditional love uh, towards your children can deeply affect uh, their love and their relationship towards God. In fact, if you're taking notes today and you want to follow along with this, write this down in your notes. Here's what I want you to see, that the way you love them, uh, the way that you love the kids, your children in your life will shape the way they love the Father in heaven. Uh, it's going to shape. It's going to have an impact. It's going to influence uh, the way that they love the Lord. Now, love was God's idea. Uh, the Bible says that God is love, and that means that He created it, and He created you and me in such a way that, that we would need love and that we would pursue love. And, and what did Jesus say is the greatest commandment? He says it's to love the Lord your God 
uh, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. You see, we see even here that love is at the very core of who we are, everything that we are, and why we were made. Now, the Apostle Paul, who at one time seemed to know nothing, uh, but hey, he encountered this unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Uh, it changed him. It transformed him. And then he went on to write these words about love. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, Paul writes this. He says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But he says, but the greatest of these is love. Now, how is love the greatest? Well, if you read this entire chapter, if you look uh, even before it, you know, a few verses before this, Paul establishes how love will abide forever. And so he, he says that it's the greatest because it's, it's one of those qualities in the Christian life that will be fully active in both the present life, uh, but it will be fully active in eternity too. See, love is the greatest of all qualities. It's, it's an attribute of God himself. Now, I think every single one of us here uh, knows the importance of love in our relationships, especially relationships that we have with our children. What I want to do this morning is uh, uh, focus on uh, why the love, um, the importance uh, of the love that we show our kids, uh, and not just love itself, but specifically how the way or, or how we love our children can make a deep impact, again, on here, who they are and, again, how they love the Father. Because here's the thing, uh, the way that you love your preschooler, uh, the way that you love your teenager or your college student or your married son. Maybe, maybe you're not a parent here today. Maybe you're a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle. Or maybe, uh, maybe, you, uh, maybe you just, again, you have a special child that God has put in your life. The way that you love them uh, can play a big difference in their life. I mean, your love will affect the way that they see you and the way that they trust you. But most importantly, your, your consistent, unconditional love towards them can shape the way that they see God in their relationship, or at least their future relationship with him one day. And so what we want to do is I want to talk with you for a few minutes again about the way we love our kids. And uh, right from the start, I want to address uh, the attitude that we take in this. I want to look at a passage of Scripture with you. Uh, it's in the New Testament. It's found in the book of Philippians chapter 2, uh, starting in verse 3. And if you use one of these Bibles that's around the room, maybe on the floor, uh, you can turn to page 819. And I got a special helper today uh, who's coming up right now who's going to help me with this passage. Uh, come on up on the stage. Whoops, excuse me. Uh, this is my buddy Owen McGriff. And uh, will you join me in welcoming Owen up here this morning? Owen's my, uh, my good buddy and uh, son of Paul and Becky McGriff. He's got a really cool brother named Cooper. And uh, Owen, tell us uh, how old you are. Eight. Eight years old. And uh, what, what grade does that put you in? Second grade. Second grade. And you go to school where? At Legacy Christian School. Le Legacy Christian. And your mom and dad are pretty awesome, right? Yep. Right? And you know today's a special day, right? Yeah. So you've got some special things planned for your mom? Yeah. Huh? Yes. Yes, yes. Good. Very good. Well, maybe some of those are secrets, so I won't ask you to reveal any of those. But maybe one more question. What is it? What do you want to be when you grow up? A pastor. A pastor? All right. Yeah, and I said, yeah, isn't that cool? And that's not a planted uh, answer either. I, that, that's his own answer. But uh, Owen has a passage for us today. Again, it's found in Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. Owen, why don't you read that for us? Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, 
not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. That's awesome, Owen. And what would, what would you say, what, what's the message of that verse? Um, uh, to put others before yourself and, just, and not just be selfish. Yeah, to not be selfish, to put others' interests first. Will you guys join me and give a big hand to Owen for reading today? Thanks, buddy. I love the message of that verse, you know, that, that Paul says it's, it's not about our own ambitions or our own interests, but really serving and loving is about putting others' interests uh, before our own. You know, love puts others' interests first, that, that when it comes to love, we have to understand that every person is unique. Uh, every single one of us is unique. Take yourself as an example. I mean, you, the way that you feel love, the way that you receive love uh, chances are is very different, you know, maybe even than the person that's sitting next to you right now. I mean, there's no one-size-fits-all way to love. We all experience love uh, in different ways. I mean, take my wife, for example, all right? She's not a big gift person, and uh, neither of us are big card givers, you know, and so on a day like Mother's Day, we don't like to spend $3.99 on a card for each other, and so we've kind of always given each other permission, you know, to make a card or a simple note, and so again this morning, I got up before anyone else, and I usually go over to my kid's art box, and I go looking for a piece of construction paper, and wouldn't you know it this morning, there's no construction paper, it's all gone, and so I reached for a piece of notebook paper, and I folded it in half, and I wrote wrote Happy Mother's Day on the front, and I started off the line saying, you know that I love you because I made this super-duper card uh, for you today. I got this text from her about an hour ago that just simply said, I think we've reached a new low uh, in our card giving. I'm 99% sure she was laughing about it. I'll find out later uh, if not. But, uh, you know, again, we just, these gifts aren't as important to us. I mean, if I show up this afternoon with a bouquet of flowers, I mean, She'll smile and she'll appreciate it, but I know what she's thinking on the inside, and that is you didn't spend a whole bunch of money on these, these flowers, did you? Because, again, gifts aren't as important to her. Quality time is, though. You know, quality time is important to Jenny. It's how she feels and experiences love. And so, you know, last Friday, you know, we went out to just the two of us. We had a good portion of the day together. We visited seven or eight garage sales uh, between Noblesville and Pendleton, and we had lunch together. And I mean, nothing puts the romance into our marriage like a garage sale, uh, but it was the quality time that, that we enjoyed. Uh, she feels best love through quality time. And, you know, we all experience love in different ways. Uh, it's the unique way that God has made us. And the same is true for your kids, too. I mean, they experience and feel loved in different ways. And so if you have more than one kid, there's a really good chance that they experience love in different ways with different love languages. Uh, and so as a parent or as a grandparent or, again, as a special adult in the life of a kid, what you need to do is to figure out how that child feels or is best love. I mean, it's critically important that you know how your kids uh, respond to love. Uh, there was a popular book uh, written a number of years back called The Five Love Languages, and it's been a bestseller for years now, uh, a must-read for any husband and wife especially. The book was designed to help bring a greater understanding uh, to how to best love your spouse. And the author, Gary Chapman, has gone on since to adapt this book uh, to show how the love languages uh, impact your relationship with your, your, your child, too. And uh, he breaks down the five love languages this way. They're in your notes, again, if you're following along. The first love language is the physical touch. 
And so for our relationships with, with our kids, physical touch is one way uh, to express love to a child. And so that means that hugs and kisses are a big part of that, but uh, many other ways of demonstrating this too. I mean, it's expressed, you know, when a dad throws his young son up in the air. And uh, man, I did that with each of my three kids and never dropped any of them. I mean, I just, we made it all the way through, but that's one of the ways that love is expressed. It's expressed when a parent takes, a, you know, his six-year-old daughter and spins you know, her around until the both of you are, are very dizzy. Uh, physical touch is expressed when a, a mom snuggles up with her kid on the, on the couch to read a book together and just be close to one another. Now, these are just a few of the ways uh, that you express love through touch. Uh, but now maybe, I mean, maybe you've got a 17-year-old who plays football, no offense moms, but, you know, reading Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day all close to each other on the couch maybe doesn't do it for them uh, anymore. But, uh, you know, my 11-year-old, he runs from me whenever I try and give him a kiss at the bus stop. He, won't, he doesn't want anything to do with that. But just because they don't need affection uh, in the same ways that they used to need affection doesn't mean that a hand on their shoulder or an arm around them you know, couldn't say so much, or a big hug in the morning, uh, or before they leave to go off to school or go back to college uh, can be such a big deal. You know, according to uh, Gary Chapman, studies indicate that many parents of younger ones only touch their child or their children when necessary, uh, like when you help get them dressed in the morning, or uh, maybe help get them strapped uh, in the car, or you carry them up to bed or something. Uh, don't underestimate uh, how important your kind and gentle uh, physical touch may mean for your kids and how it reinforces uh, your love for them. Now, I know that for some of you, you may not be the touchy-feely uh, sort of a type, but remember, it's not about what comes naturally to us. It's about putting the interests of our kids first, uh, you know, the kids that we love and putting their interests before our own. And so physical touch. A second way that we can show love is through words of affirmation. Um, you know, this is another love language. And if you missed last week's message from Steve, um, I challenge you to go to our website, check out his podcast. Um, if you heard his message, you know how he talked. You heard him talk about how important our words are. You know, as parents or as an important adult, uh, your words can, can appropriately build up your children and uh, increase their humble confidence. I mean, your words of affirmation can say that I care about you. Uh, your words of affirmation say that you matter to me. Uh, your words of affirmation say I can see the work of God uh, in your life. Uh, moms and dads, your sons need to know that they have what it takes. All right, that they can do this. I mean, they need to hear you say that God cares for them and that he loves them. They, they need to hear you remind them that they are a workmanship uh, from God and that they have been created in Christ Jesus to do good works in this world. I mean, our culture doesn't appreciate humble yet confident Christ-centered uh, men. And so your words of affirmation can produce strong character uh, in your sons. Uh, parents, do you want your daughter uh, to grow up, to marry the right kind of man. I mean, bless your daughter. Uh, bless your daughters by telling them how beautiful they are on the inside and on the outside. Uh, help your daughters discover their identity in Jesus Christ so that they don't go looking for their identity uh, in something else. Because here's the thing, if your children don't find their identity in Jesus, they're going to find it in something. All right, and we want our children to find their identity in Jesus Christ, and your words of affirmation can help remind them uh, that, that God loves them and that they belong uh, to, to Him. And don't forget to say the words either. Uh, as parents, don't forget to say those words, I love you. 
Uh, Those are such critical, such important words. And you know what? Your parents might not have done this for you or maybe done this as regularly as you would like, uh, but you can do it uh, for your kids. Uh, You can do it for your children because remember, the way that you love them will shape the way they love him, the way that they love their Father in heaven. And your words of affirmation can make a big difference uh, in how this plays out in their life. I, I remember the first time I ever preached, uh, I was a senior in high school, and we were kind of having a youth Sunday at our church, and so I was asked by my youth pastor to give a sermon. I, I, w- I would be terrified to go back and listen to that message, you know, and, you know, for whatever reasons. But I'll always remember that day when I finished giving that message, and I'll remember Jack Middaw, an older man in our church. He was grandpa to one of my good friends. He met me at the front, and he looked me in the eyes And he said these words to me. He said, man, you're going to do great things uh, for the Lord. And uh, and I remember that. I I remember him sharing those words uh, for me and with me and how important they were. And what's the best example uh, of these words of affirmation? I mean, it's what God the Father did for his son, Jesus Christ. You know, if you looked at the book of Matthew and Jesus was baptized and Matthew records that when Christ came up out of the water, a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Could you imagine hearing those words from God the Father for yourself? Can you imagine the impact that it must have had for Jesus to hear those words from his Father in heaven? You and I, we can say I love you with those words of affirmation. The third love language that we see is quality time. You know, another way that we show love to our kids is through quality time with them. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking through this one. Uh, I preached about this a couple of weeks ago. And again, you can check out the podcast uh, on this message. But, but kids love time with their parents, especially when they're young. Uh, quality time with our kids says you're important. Um, I enjoy you. I, I want to spend time with you. And, and the most important factor for a kid isn't necessarily the event itself, but it's just the simple fact that you are spending uh, time together. You know, my parents did this for me. You know, as I think back to my childhood and all the sports and all the events that I was a part of, I was so thankful. You know, my parents made every effort. They were always there and they were always supporting me. And I just thought it was fun. A few weeks ago, uh, we were out at the baseball fields and my boys had a couple of games and I looked over and unannounced, here came my parents walking to the fields. They had made the four-hour drive from Illinois uh, unannounced. They came to surprise uh, my kids, but you know what? They, they were surprising me too. And it was just so special for me in that moment to think, you know what? My mom and dad did that for me over and over again. And now all of these years later, how they were doing it uh, for Joel and Luke and just the importance of, of, of our grandparents as a whole and what they do uh, for our kids, but what it does uh, for my wife and I too uh, as parents. Uh, the fourth love language is gifts. Uh, some people are gift people. You may have kids that are gift people. Gifts can be a powerful expression uh, of love at the time they are given, and they often last so much longer than the gift itself. I mean, the most meaningful gifts uh, become long-lasting uh, reminders of your love. And uh, we, we were surprised to discover that one of our kids has this love language. And uh, I'll tell you how we discovered that in, in just a few minutes, but we didn't see it. And so we haven't necessarily been showing love intentionally in this way. And because we're not as much of gift people, we realize, okay, we've got some work to do. Again, if we're going to put others' interests, if we're going to put our son's interests first, well, we need to make sure that we're also showing love Uh, through the gifts that we give. And uh, finally, the last uh, love language, uh, according to Chapman, is this act of service, Uh, an act of service. Now, 
If you're a parent, uh, the day that you found out you were expecting that you'd have a child, you enrolled in full-time service. Uh, you enrolled for at least a minimum of 18 years of service with an understanding that you would be on active reserve uh, for the rest of your life uh, too. But there are kids, uh, there are kids in your home, there are kids around you right now who feel love through the ways uh, that you serve them. And it may be as something as simple as making their bed in the morning or uh, maybe some extra help and patience uh, with homework during a really busy week. Uh, maybe it's you offering to uh, give them a ride to a friend's house when they would normally uh, ride their bike or have to get a ride from someone else. Uh, maybe they've got weekly chores to do and responsibilities in your home. But again, uh, during a very busy week, you jump in and you cover for them just as a way of saying, you know, I love you and I appreciate you. Um, I, I think this area is especially important to our kids, uh, whether this is a love language of theirs or not. And, and, and who's the greatest servant that the world has ever seen? Well, we know and believe that it's Jesus Christ. Uh, it's our Savior. And what does Philippians say that Jesus did for us? It says that uh, even though he was God or is God, he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. But what he did is he came to earth and he became a servant for us. That Jesus, he came to earth as a servant for us, and more than once he reached out to help those who were hurting. Um, he, he modeled, he, he got down on his knees and he modeled service for us when he washed the feet of his disciples, and most importantly, he died for us. Uh, he, he died for you. He, he took on the humiliation of the cross. He took on the agony of the cross, and he died for you, and he died for me. He gave his life so that we could be forgiven. He gave his life as a way of modeling and demonstrating his love for us. Jesus modeled the importance of service for us, and his service reinforces uh, that love. And when we love our kids, and when we love our kids through service, we're modeling Jesus for them. We're modeling uh, for them the life that we've been called to as followers of Jesus uh, Christ. Again, the way that we love them is going to shape the way that they love and live their lives uh, for him. And so five love languages, physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, and acts of service. And as you think about what it looks like uh, to love uh, the kids, the children that God has put into your life, I want to challenge you to learn their love language too. Uh, to learn it so that you can express love uh, in ways that they feel truly loved. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, even though they may experience through one or two uh, of these love languages in particular, it doesn't mean that they can't understand or experience love uh, in all of these areas from us. But what did the Apostle Paul say again? Owen read it for us just a few minutes ago in Philippians 2, 3 to 4. This should be our attitude. This should be our motivation. Paul says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others, even our kids, above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, again, how you feel or how you receive love or what comes naturally to you and to me, but each of you to the interests of others. Uh, for those of you that are interested, I want to recommend a resource uh, to you, and I think these are listed at, or this is listed on the sermon notes, the message notes page, but a website, uh, fivelovelanguages.com, uh, that's the numeral five, and then love 
lovelanguages.com. Uh, and if you go there, you can find a resource that will help you identify uh, the love languages of your kids. In fact, there's an assessment there on the website uh, that you can take your young kids through. There's an assessment for 9 to 12-year-olds. Uh, there's even an assessment uh, for teenagers, too, if you can talk them uh, into doing it. We did this with our kids this past week, one night at dinner. We set it in front of each of them. We let them uh, work through it. We talked about some of these things. And there were some confirmations, uh, even as they shared what they found through this assessment. Uh, but there were some surprises, too. And so uh, maybe take a moment uh, this week or today and uh, let, let a tool like this open your eyes, again, to see how you can better uh, ensure that your kids uh, are feeling that love from you. And uh, once we learn their love language, what we can do is we can direct our energy uh, to loving uh, the kids in our lives in the ways uh, that fill them up. It's kind of like uh, a little bit like refueling uh, the gas tank. Like, let me ask you this. How, how many of you, when it comes to your vehicle, are a, like, as soon as it hits half a tank, all right, you're going to the gas station to fill up? How, how many of you are like that? You fill up early, all right, keep the tank full, all right? How many of you are like, let me see if I can't coast into the gas station parking lot, all right? Right? I mean, it's just like a personal goal, isn't it? I mean, just I want to get as much out of this tank of gas uh, as that we possibly can. Well, you know, uh, some say that you can do some damage uh, to your car engine. Your dad probably told you this uh, by running the gas down that low. But like your car, uh, when it comes to our children, we need to pay close attention to their love tank too and how they're experiencing that love. I mean, your love towards them can make a big difference in their lives. Uh, your lack of love demonstrated towards them can make a big difference in their lives, and it can impact their self-confidence, and it can impact their willingness uh, to live boldly in this world. And so uh, parents, or again, special adults, I mean, maybe again, God has put a, a kid in your life for whatever reason, uh, your love for these kids will shape the way that they love the Lord. And so moms and dads, you have the most important part to play. You do. It's part of the responsibility that you have been given. Uh, you have the most influence. And your unconditional love and encouragement and intentional uh, discipline, it's going to affect the way they see you and the way that they see God. And it may take time, but it's going to shape uh, the way that they love God. Moms, let me just say this to you on this Mother's Day. Your love for your kids Again, your influence uh, uh, is going, it's going to influence who they grow up to be and what they give their lives to. Uh, if you look to Scripture, Timothy is a great example of this. He was a disciple of the Apostle Paul's. And look at this. Look at how Paul compliments who Timothy has become. You can find this in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Paul writes it like this. He says, Timothy, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Here's what Paul is saying. Paul looks at this man, Timothy. He's writing to Timothy, and he just says, hey, dude, I just want you to know that your faith is real. Like, it is authentic and genuine. And then he goes on to compliment both Timothy's grandmother and Timothy's mother. I mean, it's Paul's way of saying your grandma and mom played a big part in your life. And their faith and their love for the Lord is evidenced in your life too. Timothy, I see it in you. I mean, what a great compliment, not only to Timothy, what great words of affirmation, but what a great compliment to even the role of Timothy's grandmother and mother in what Timothy has become and who he's becoming. Moms? You can make a big difference in the lives of your kids. You can influence them by the way that you love them. Your unconditional love can encourage them and impact 
where they go and where they find their identity uh, in Jesus Christ. And dads, the same is true for you too. You can show your children that they matter to God by the way that you love them. And that means with your patience, uh, that means with your intentional time and support and gifts, the way you love your sons and daughters will affect the way they love the Lord. And that's the goal. That's the goal. It's to teach our kids. It's to raise our kids to love the Lord. More important than anything else, we want to raise our kids to love the Lord. And that's a big challenge. I mean, isn't that a big challenge? You know, especially in this culture, in this world that we're living in today, with as complicated as it is, and it's why we need Jesus. Uh, it's why we need him first for our lives. It's why we, it's why we need him for our marriages. It's uh, why we need him at the very center of our relationships. Moms and dads, it's why you need him and you need the love of, of Christ in your life first and, and as priority. Your kids need to see you loving him. They need to see you choosing Jesus with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all your mind and strength. You know, you can teach what you know, but you model who you are. Uh, we model for our kids who we are. And for Jesus, uh, Jesus was absolutely dependent on his Father in heaven. And, and he shows us, he shows us the importance of that dependence too. He shows us that we need the Father in our lives as well, that we need his love and we need his strength and guidance and wisdom. And how do we grow in that dependence? We do what Jesus did. It's just continual prayer. As we continue going to the Lord, going to the Father in prayer. And so I want to challenge you to keep praying for your kids. Uh, I want to challenge you, uh, if you're not doing this already, to be, to be praying with your kids, uh, to let them hear you pray, pray with them and pray over them. And at the same time, too, to pray and ask God for help and strength and wisdom. And uh, that's how I want to wrap things up for us uh, with this time uh, this morning, is just to pray for you, uh, to pray for you. And here's what I want to do is, as the band's coming out, um, I, I want to pray for those of you, maybe, maybe you're a parent right now, um, and maybe you just really know and realize, you know what, I need the Lord's help. Uh, I need this, His strength and His work in my life. Maybe, again, you're a, a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, or maybe God has put a, a child in your life for some reason, and you know that you have a very important part to play. Here's what I want to invite you to do. We just stand with me, uh, whoever you are, and I want to just pray over you before we worship together. And uh, just as our commitment, uh, our commitment that we are absolutely and completely and fully dependent on the Lord together. Let's do that. We bow your heads uh, in prayer with me. Uh, Father in heaven, we do thank you that you love us, that uh, you sent Christ um, to save us, uh, and that our Lord Jesus Christ, he came as a servant. And as we look to him, as we look to his life, we in the same way uh, can put others' interests first, that we can put our, our, our kids first, our children first, those children in our lives, we can, we can put them first, uh, not in a way that, that builds them up, in a way that, that, that's apart from you, that uh, is something that glorifies the child, but in ways that glorifies you, that glorifies the father. Um, and as we do that, Lord, we acknowledge right here that we need your help. Uh, Father, we are completely and absolutely dependent on you. And uh, for each person that's standing across this room right now and they're thinking of a child or, or, or children, uh, Lord, you know their story and you know their situation and you know their great hopes and their great desires. Uh, maybe for some here today, you know the challenges that they stand up against right now. Father, we are completely and absolutely dependent on you for all things, for wisdom and guidance. 
Lord, give us the ability to love as you would love, to express, to show that unconditional love to our children so that not only will they love us and trust us, but most importantly, so that they will choose you and they will turn to you and be absolutely and completely dependent on you for all things. We want to raise our kids to love the Lord with the time that we've been given. Father, we put our hope in you. We put our faith and trust in you today.